And welcome back to 90s Noise. This is Ashley, born 1988. I'm April, born 1991. So we're back with another episode of 90s Noise, and we've got a special guest. We've got Amy here. Amy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. So my name is Amy Lewis, and I am the host of the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, which I started in um, May of 2020 as a way to sort of do something positive with some grief I experienced by losing my sister um, unexpectedly and uh, very tragically in 2019. So she and I grew up together, of course, in the um, 80s and 90s. So I decided that I wanted to kind of take a look back at the stuff that we were into as kids, whether it was a you know movies, TV, uh, books, anything like that. Um, and kind of research it and discuss it. So um, yeah, so the pop culture retrospective is all about the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Um, it's been about three years almost, and I've been really enjoying it. It's been a pretty amazing experience. It, I was not expecting at all, um, but it's been just so much fun, and I've met so many great people, and it's really just nice to do something happy and productive with something that was you know, very difficult. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're we're going to go ahead and get going with this. So on our episode here, we're going to be talking Will the Will and Grace episodes that you suggested. And then we'll um, also touch on the Sex in the City season one episode. And then we'll save okay. season two and friends for your podcast. Okay, let's let's get started here. <laughs> so the first episode um, that part one what was that one that name again for that episode yeah it's called um fagmalian I'm trying to remember what the continuation of the title is it's not it's escaping me at the moment but yes yeah um which is you know based off of pygmalion which is the um my fair lady musical yes. so yeah so i really like this yeah i mean any episode of will and grace is fantastic i mean i, I watched that when it was on and i own every dvd season which now is a pain in the butt so it's nice that you can see it on amazon because it's amazing how inconvenient that's become it's like oh god i really don't feel like getting out the huge mm -hmm. um binder that we have now of all of our dvds and shoving that in the dvd player it's just that just requires too much work but now that it's on amazon it's very convenient yeah and you don't have to worry about it skipping either because that always seems to happen like you're in the middle of an episode and then that's it yes. you can't finish it <laughs> or like right. you're done with that disc and you have to get up and change the discs to oh, continue yeah. and right. you're just oh my gosh yes <laughs> completely agree yeah and and on dvds it never especially if it's a tv season it never has the like what episodes are on the disc mm. either it's like you just have to guess so it's like <laughs> oh it's episode eight that could either be disc one or disc two god which one is it oh you know i put in the wrong one great this yeah. is gonna take like 10 seconds out of my life that I'm never going to get back. Oh so, my God. yeah. So in the Fagmalian part one, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask what made you choose this episode in particular? Like what stands out most about this one? Um, I just like the whole concept of, of Jack and Will taking another, you know, individual who just came out of the, you know, closet kind of, I think the, the title Fagmalian gay, gay it forward I want to say something like that so they take him under his wing and try to help him sort of acclimate to um, gay life in New York so I just think their approach with him is pretty hysterical and you know certainly stereotypical too but um, I, I don't find that um, offensive in, in any means I find it hilarious and really 
um, entertaining. And I think there's, you know, reason why that show won a lot of Emmys and stuff because it's just executed so well. Um, and I just, what they do with him is just hilarious. Um, and they just really do to kind of turn him around and um, kind of make him go from an ugly duckling to, um, who's, she's uh, the guy is Karen's nephew in the show, kind of make him go from sort of like a kind of a couch potato kind of overgrown hair to a uh, fit, attractive, you know, more confident in himself person, so, which is pretty cool. So. so does it continue into part two with more of Barry and that transformation? Is that where it keeps going with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They take him to get his hair cut and um, they, they go to, they go to um, kind of culminating like a big event where he sort of presents himself and he just looks amazing. <laughs> um, and he was actually a guest star on Sex in the City at one point too. Oh, cool. I, I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. So, and he, you know, certainly looks nothing like the nerdy Barry in real life, but uh, yeah. And Will kind of goes from like, you know, not wanting to date him because he's kind of, you know, a little, Mm -hmm. little scruffy and then when he kind of makes this transformation then all of a sudden will you know kind of does want to date him but he's interested in kind of getting out there and playing the field because he's you know just newly out and wants to experience sort of gay life in new york which is certainly a great place to to live for that it's uh yeah just a great fun episode um and anything involving any scene involving jack is going to be hilarious because sean hayes is just i was gonna say yeah he he is definitely my favorite character from the show i recall watching the show a lot growing up myself um and i just always gravitated towards him i don't know like sean is just a brilliant actor and every Mm -hmm. scene that he's in he sort of almost steals the spotlight and he's just yeah i've always loved him the most yeah he is an american treasure and let's just you know i'm just gonna say it um so yeah he, he is a gift and we are lucky to be the recipient so yeah i just any two-parters on will and grace is always always a lot of fun and i i did like also uh the grace storyline too in that Mm -hmm. where number one i guess for me it i watched some of some episodes here and there growing up my mom enjoyed the show so i'd sometimes see it when she'd be watching but it wasn't one while it was airing that i actually watched a lot or anything but with even uh Deborah Messing's character's storyline too on that one it was it was interesting because she's like had just moved to Brooklyn and that yeah I'm not I don't know New York well enough to know like the difference and it sounds kind of almost like in a sense for my area like okay living in St. Pete oh having to go across the bridge to Tampa like it's such a it's such a chore and everything but even though it's not far it still feels far and um then I don't know Ashley knows this because I'm I'm a huge animal lover but then like the whole little cat scene where the neighbors like brings the cat it's like here I brought you a gift to cats and everything <laughs> I just I was like okay this is yeah. this is pretty interesting um yeah but I really enjoyed that episode for sure like that was that was a very enjoyable episode and I have to finish that continuation and make sure to I honestly I'm I'm interested in like going back going back now and rewatching like all of Will and Grace yeah just with these two episodes like sitting down and watching them I'm like why haven't I watched this before? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think Will and Grace is kind of, it's one of those shows that it's sort of like growing up, I feel like there's always sort of those movies that you have that are like your comfort movies. And then there's those shows that are like your comfort shows. And I would say Will and Grace is definitely that for me. 
So I can certainly remember watching it when it was on and making sure to be available. I think it was on the must-see TV, like Thursday night thing. And then um, being a young adult and watching that all the time while I was cleaning or whatever. Um, it's just something that, you know, most of the episodes are pretty decent, even like a not so, even, not, you know, some of the episodes that maybe aren't the best are still really funny and worth watching. And um, some shows don't really stand the test of time very well and you go back and it just doesn't hold up. But I think <laughs> um, Will and Grace certainly holds up and the original um, airing of the show, I mean, that was almost uh, like 15 or 20 years ago, I think at this point when it went off the air and it's still um, is funny and, you know, the jokes are still funny and yeah, maybe some of the celebrities and stuff aren't as relevant anymore, but still it's just a great all around uplifting, great on a rainy day, sick day, home from work or school or whatever. It's just, um, just a lot of fun and fun to watch. And that's kind of my style. It's like, if I'm going to watch something, I want to laugh or I want to learn something. Um, and that's right. You know, the show that does that for me is it doesn't stress me out. Nothing horrible happens. It's just lighthearted and um, just classic quality sitcom. Yeah, you can't go wrong with shows like that. Yeah. But I, I'm curious as to, do you know why you were drawn to the show when it started? Like, was there something in particular where you're like, made you tune into it? Or was it just something you happened upon? Do you remember? I think there's probably a couple of things. I think one, I've always been a big fan of anything sort of comedic, funny related. My parents liked stand up um, and like sitcom funny shows when I was growing up. So I think I was drawn to that for that reason. And I think at the time it was pretty groundbreaking to have, um, you know, two gay male characters on television. And for me growing up, growing up gay, but not coming out until like after college, which is like so late um, in life now compared to kids these days. I think it was all just comforting to know that, you know, there's people on TV and it's not a big deal and they're living normal lives and they're normal people. Yeah. And successful um and so being able to relate to that was pretty pretty profound and pretty amazing because there really was you know no characters like that on tv especially not on um you know non-cable tv because i pretty much have not had cables since i was like 10 so to be able to watch you know some diversity <laughs> on tv you know on prime time mm -hmm. tv was pretty amazing and having it be a good show at that too not having it be some sad there's so much that you can watch about being gay that's all really sad and being bullied and you know these things happen and we need to talk about it but mm -hmm. it's also nice to just watch something that's funny and lighthearted because it's not like you know being gay isn't horrible every two seconds you know there's a lot of I mean just normal stuff having a job and hanging out with your friends and you know traveling and helping people who just came out of the closet you know get uh, acclimated that's <laughs> seeing that was just pretty comforting as a as a young adult right. kind of struggling with that too so yeah I remember before Will and Grace came out it was Ellen that had her show and I yeah. I do remember like watching that and stuff so I know that I'm pretty sure like that show helped Will and Grace sort of come to be almost to make it where it was okay to have that show and then even after the huge success of Will and Grace, like it was very groundbreaking for shows like Modern Family and Glee and, and things like that, where they were in, including the more diverse characters of having those gay couples and everything, which, like you said before, wasn't that commonplace in a lot of just regular sitcoms that were airing on TV. Yeah. And certainly not a main character. And if there was, there was mm -hmm. like a subtle, maybe a subtle tea with a character and, you know, the side story 
you know, was probably not that big of a focus on the show or was kind of a depressing thing or, you know, this is just like making it quote unquote normal, which is, you know, kind of not, not the best word to use at this point, but it's kind of putting it on people, you know, in people's homes and in their living rooms. It's like, yeah, you know, gay people are funny and gay people can be sad and gay people have jobs. And I think it helped, you know, open people's eyes a little bit of just, just normalcy and, uh, and Sean Hayes and, Megan Mullally. I mean, come mm -hmm. on, if you don't like those two, then oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. If you can't watch those two on TV, then I don't, I guess you must like live under a rock or something because they are just, <laughs> I mean, incredible, you know? Like, I don't, you know, if, if you don't like Sean Hayes and you don't like Megan Mullally, then I guess we can't be friends. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I would have been fine with watching the show with just them two yeah. because right. I don't know. I mean, totally. I, I just didn't really care for grace that much like after a while she just kind of gets on your nerves like she's just kind of a little bit annoying and dramatic and that's why I'm like yeah. okay I could be fine with Sean and Megan just doing their own thing and sometimes Will could come in and, and have his parts but I, I would be fine if grace wasn't there <laughs> yeah she has some kind of like pesky neighbor qualities at times too and just nosy and yeah definitely yeah. that was I enjoyed that episode. Like I said, I, I watched it in the order that you had provided and everything. And so it was like, okay, okay, I can, I can dig this. I can keep watching this. And, um, cause sometimes we, we, I mean, we actually grins and bears it on some things that I send her to watch and everything. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is definitely something that I have it already planned to be watching like starting from the beginning and go back through and everything and then the next episode that you had provided I was dying laughing for the that other episode it's a classic oh my gosh like the it, it is the classic like scenario of okay uh spouses and the spouse sees an ex and then come and oh well let's let's all hang out and all this kind of stuff and so it's you're wondering whether it's going to be the awkward and you're hoping it's not but then you're kind of also just well they've been with my spouse or boyfriend girlfriend husband wife whatever what whichever way it is and everything but then to throw the the curveball in there yes major curveball i was like oh my gosh and then just grace being so pissed yeah i guess i'm assuming that there were previous episodes regarding like her trying yeah. to get will to get with her and everything but yeah there's some really good episodes with that which i can get into in a second yeah that I was just like I loved how the husband's like you're more upset that Will got with her than I got I had been with her and yeah. so that just that just cracked me up I, I literally was while I was watching I was just dying laughing the majority yeah. of that episode that episode was just messy like yeah it was very messy it was all over the place super dramatic and i i w was confused as to why the ex was even invited like what what was she needing to be there for like why why was that even yeah. necessary like it just made no sense at all <laughs> I, yeah. I feel i feel like the husband had invited almost kind of like trying to 
I think he wanted Grace to be jealous and like jealous over him and like trying to like fight for his attention and stuff like that. That's kind of how it seemed with like how upset he was about Grace being more pissed about Will having gotten with her than um, the husband. So I don't know. I think it was kind of trying to build his own ego, the husband's ego. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, so the episode is called um, Last X to Brooklyn. Yeah, the kind of the backstory of Will and Grace is kind of like long story short is that Will and Grace were actually a, a couple at one point when they were in college. And there's some great flashback episodes, kind of stereotypical 80s stuff when they're in college, which is pretty which is <laughs> hilarious, which I strongly suggest um, watching. So they were a couple for a brief period of time. Um, and Grace was, you know, really, really in love with Will and you know, I think would have married him uh, right away and all this stuff. And, and Will, I mean, cares about her too. And it kind of comes down to like, they're going to, you know, try to be like intimate, but Will kind of avoids it very strongly because he knows that he's gay and, you know, feels bad telling that to Grace. And so um, I think she's sort of, as the show goes on the whole time, you know, there's this sort of undertone of, you know, that she really is in love with him and so bummer that he's gay and stuff like that. So it kind of played out in that episode that, you know, out of Will's only ever had sex with one woman and out of all people, how could it not have been Grace? And so I think that's why she's just so unbelievably upset because, you know, how could it, out of all people, they were like a couple and she loves them so much. How could she not have been the one? So there's certainly a lot of emotion in that. Do her and Harry, I don't remember what his character's name was. They don't end up together, right? It's Leo. Leo. They're not together in the end right um in the end i don't the very end of the show like the show's run i don't i don't think so okay that just seemed like a toxic relationship i'm like please just separate (laughs) yeah yeah he ends up spoiler alert ends up like cheating on her when he's doing doctors without borders and stuff like that so yeah it gets complicated for sure but uh leo every but harry connick jr certainly plays a very like awkward kind of annoying husband role in that show which was kind of unexpected because i'm just used to hearing him on the when harry met sally soundtrack so to see him oh acting gosh, was kind of that was um, him quite hysterical yeah that yeah was it? i didn't cl- that didn't click yeah he's all. a musician mostly yeah i don't know where the random acting mm-hmm. stuff comes in but... acting came in yeah 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 I, I don't know i didn't really feel him in that role he was very awkward like it just i don't know it just didn't seem like they had a good connection or something he just yeah. he just seemed off in it but I don't know if it was one of his earlier acting roles so maybe he just wasn't really sure what to do I don't I'm not sure on that but yeah I I just didn't yeah well in an earlier season um Deborah Messing of Grace um dates um Woody a character played by Woody Harrelson what oh those are some great episodes too oh, I like yeah and he's kind of like a hippie in the show and which is not hard for him to do and uh <laughs> no, no. they're a cute couple yeah they make a they make a cute couple but um yeah I don't think they end up staying together and then Diane, the the ex-girlfriend of Leo, is played by Mira Sorvino, and she does, a, I think, just a great job in her role um, playing the ex-girlfriend, which people who hang out with mm-hmm. exes, I always found that, like, I'm just not one of those people. And I know people are like, oh, I'm getting married, and my, like, ex-boyfriend's going to be there. I was like, that is really weird. Uh, um, no, I, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Does, have you guys, like, are you people that hang out with your exes? Are you going to get Never. super crazy and jealous of that person didn't sleep with you but slept with your ex or however that story went like I don't I just mean like no yeah <laughs> definitely don't I think that's the most awkward thing in the world it's like if you've all 
known the same person like intimately as I mean I like to be on like good terms with people I would you know it's always hard to be on like horrible terms with you know something that was a part of your life so I try to like be amicable or whatever but I have no there's literally no reason for me to spend any time with somebody that I dated I find that very awkward and yeah no um, but yeah Mira Serena just does such a, a great job and it turns out that you know Will slept with her right after um, Will and Grace broke up and um, Will was the only man that's ever really satisfied uh, Diane, if you will. And uh, <laughs> and Leo has a really hard time accepting that. Then he's in a, you know, then he's upset now too, because it's like, oh my God, not able to do what I thought I could do. And, you know, my wife doesn't really care that Diane was my ex-girlfriend. She just cares that, you know, Will um, slept with Diane. So yeah, the layers, it's just, it's an mm -hmm. onion. That episode mm -hmm. is just like, an, it's an onion. The layers are just... Mm -hmm. And then yep. Karen and Jack are there, and there's a little dog that you know. The little, little dog. dog. It, what was it? The Earl of Puppydom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Who who has an accident and a very um, but they just add so much you know comic relief to the tension that's in the room. You know, Will and Grace and Leo and Diane. They just you know help kind of just break up the tension with their funny jokes and the great like classic the yeah, attention like dinner scene in a sitcom, um, which I feel like is pretty standard. Cause there's always those standard for sitcoms, you know, there's always a like stuck in an elevator episode, you know, yes. there's always the, somebody got hit over their head and doesn't remember anything episode. And then there's a like tension at um, dinner episode. So, but not usually involving yeah. a gay man and a straight woman, but you know, <laughs> having intercourse. So, but it was a, I think it's a classic, classic episode. I don't think I've watched a ton of stuff that Mira Sorvino is in per se. She's not at the kind of the top of my list of mm -hmm. movies I've seen her in, but I thought she kind of added a lot of also kind of awkward, insecure in a good way energy to the, to this episode. Did you watch like the little mini reboot that they did? Was it a couple years ago that they were, they did that? Yeah. I watched a couple episodes. I struggle with reboots um, at times. Cause it's like, can we please think of something else? Can we not have any, you know, original ideas or, you know, that show is yep. so great. Why mm -hmm. go out while you're on top? Little Jordan kept coming back from like retirement. Oh. It's like, you know what? You're 40. Oh now. My yes. God. <laughs> just don't, just don't, just don't, you know, like, like you're amazing. You're the best, one of the best basketball players that ever lived. Please just, you know, don't come back. And I think, you know, same thing with the show, but the episodes I did see were actually pretty funny. And I think it came on at a time where people needed some comic relief because that was sort of like height of pandemic. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. I kind of get it from that angle, but from a like, can we just think of something else, please? I was against it, you know, because we need some new sitcoms for people to get attached to. Definitely need some new ideas and everything. And they can even take some ideas from previous ones, but put their own spin on it. The The reboots are just getting a little out of hand, I think. Uh, yeah. They are. Yeah. yeah. And they're not really providing you with like anything new. It's like they're almost just redoing the old storyline. Right. And, and yeah, it just kind of gets boring and it's yeah. not, it's not good content anymore. Right. Yeah. I tried to, I, I heard about the full, full house reboot and I was like, kind of like, wow, that's, that could be really interesting. Huh. And I, I don't think I could even get through one episode. So yeah, when the, that came out, I think I got through maybe 10 minutes of that fuller house or whatever. I was like, this is so bad. I can't even, it is painful for me to watch this. I just can't, I can't. And so I think I really? watched one or two episodes and I just could not take it. Yeah. Oh, I felt like it got better as it went on. Okay. I did watch everything and it was very cringe, like starting into it. I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. 
but it did get better and you did kind of start really enjoying the cast and and everyone that kind of just because they brought back the same dynamics and so it kind of did feel like you were back as a kid growing up with that full house again so yeah okay well that's good to know that it got better so maybe i'll try to suck that <laughs> up and watch it but i just could not it was just oh my god because i mean it's not like it was known for their acting skills or you know i don't think they won any emmys for being outstanding writing right. or outstanding acting but i do definitely understand what you're meaning um on that because i did i did kind of feel like i was just watching the same show but instead of it being danny joey and jesse it was dj stephanie and kimmy going through the exact same thing and so yeah. that's that's why I, I give ashley props for finishing it i only got through i think like the second season or something on that <laughs> and so yeah i the, the reboots it, it's hard for me too on that i try but yeah. it's like what why why ruin a good thing like with right don't don't ruin that memory i have of that whatever it's i guess i in a sense i understand i do get it because they're trying to just bring back the the same the nostalgia yeah but sometimes it's better left untouched yes it comes to just remain a good show should just remain where it was just don't bring it back but but people obviously wanted it to happen and it ran for a few seasons so i'm kind of in the minority i think of that um but i just we just need some fresh ideas very true very true you definitely got me sold on will and grace on getting back into going back through and watching re-watching that because like i said i was always more of a i guess action person growing up and so some of those like those comedies and everything i the sitcoms i sometimes had to like difficulty getting into but now as an yeah. adult i i enjoy it so much more and I, maybe because i understand it like understand the jokes and everything i'm definitely i've definitely got that on my list of must watch mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah no i i love that show when i was watching it and i haven't seen it since it was airing but being able to go back and kind of rewatch some of these episodes I'm like yeah i need to to go back and rewatch them because it is just a very lighthearted show it's so much comedy um so much genius behind all the writing and the acting that it's a very enjoyable show you can put on in the background almost do some stuff yeah i i love will and grace yeah it's mindless tv in the best way possible but it is <laughs> mindful too i mean it's sending a you know a great message and um and great uh, also mm -hmm. a lot of great um, cameos by other famous people there's a, a fantastic episode with madonna in it matt damon was in a great um mm. episode demi moore michael du we just watched the one with michael douglas in it where he is just coming out like late in life it kind of tries to hit on will in a subtle way and they end up going to a nightclub and dance it's a great episode so just an all-around great show for sure i need you to send me which episode that is because i want to watch that one <laughs> yeah yeah it's, yeah it's pretty it's yeah there's a lot of innuendos and it's just so good well we're gonna now transition to our sex in the city episode yes and we'll do we're doing one episode on ours and then on our podcast and then you gotta you gotta head over to amy's to catch the remainder of what we're going to be chatting about but yeah. this episode is the what was it called the 20 something guys yeah the land of the 20 somethings i think 
Yeah, from season one. This one, I admit, like, so I never, ha- I didn't have HBO growing up. I didn't ever see Sex in the City mm-hmm. while I was growing up. I I got a kick out of this one, especially since the twenty-something guy that she's interested in was uh oh my gosh Timothy yes yes oh my god mm. I would I love seeing him in this that was hilarious he's one of my favorite actors well as what was his name again it's Timothy oh I how to pronounce the last name I don't know how you say his last name like so Olfant familiar or something like that mm-hmm. he does okay. I don't know if he ever saw Justified he's in that tv show but he's done it Ton of, ton did you did you ever yeah, watch the screams familiar, yeah the screams the scream movies uh-huh i yes i think i saw the first maybe two or three so he was in number two at the college okay. yeah okay yep so i rewatched scream two and about a week ago so seeing this was was like oh my gosh that's him that was oh man yeah, yeah. so he's like carrie bradshaw's love interest in the show um, and I remember like, yeah, go, you know, the bathroom has like nowhere to dry oh, your hands. There's no. Like, no toilet paper. <laughs> I don't know how anyone lives that way. No. Because I think all the women in the show are, um, I think, supposed to be in their 30s. And I think Samantha jokes about being in her 30s, but I believe she's probably in her early 40s, maybe. Mm. But it's just, yeah, how it all kind of plays out is pretty funny. And the, you know, just going out late and nightclubs and just all that stuff are, those are all things that just sound horrific to me as well, um, which is oh not something God. I want to do, so. <laughs> no. I barely wanted to do that in my 20s, let alone yeah. now in my 30s. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I agree. That's, uh, this is, as a new 40-year-old, that's all, yeah, all things I, like, you know, between COVID and, like, you know, the fires and the tramp, you know, getting trampled, it happened a lot, and I go, there's just really no reason to go, and I think these Sex in the City um, women helped us to, you know, recognize that as well. I I did find it interesting, um, of, like I said, since I didn't ever really watch it, for how she kind of almost was trying to juggle, in this episode at least, Timothy's character, and then, what's his name, Big? yes mm, mm-hmm. and so i mean obviously he and he kind of actually made a good point when in the nightclub he found her and he was like well i was i was able to be here for an hour i had to wait outside for 30 minutes whereas like they just got there and walked in like that's such a a typical nightclub situation like the guys having to wait for freaking ever where mm. the girls just walk right in because of the guy to girl ratio they always try to do and everything but yeah it was it was interesting but like i i'm totally like big in that the get there sp- waited half an hour spent 20 minutes looking for him and then it's like okay well hey i was here but i gotta go right. now i'm gonna go take a nap because this just pearl process is making me exhausted so what made you watch sex in the city I definitely would say that's because of my sister. She didn't have HBO either, but I think she bought the like VHS box set um, at one point oh, of all gosh. the episodes. So we would, um, which I'm sure cost like $200 at the time, um, yeah. which then we both purchased on DVD later. So I own all, all uh, seasons of it on DVD. But um, yeah, she recommended it to me and I absolutely loved it. I mean, I love the, the writing of the show, the whole being in New York thing. 
um, grew up watching Sarah Jessica Parker, grew up watching the woman who played Samantha, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but she was in Mannequin and him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I just really liked a lot of the people that were in the show in the first place. And it's just so well done. Yeah, I was kind of right at the prime for when the show came out. I think it came out in 1998. So the first season feels very, very 90s, just the way it's, I mean, edited. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, do breaking, it's like breaking the third wall or whatever. People like talk to the camera, which they stopped doing, I think, after season one. But it definitely has a very 90s vibe to it, which is, um, which is great since it came on at the tail end of the 90s. Yeah, classic spiked hair that tim had (laughs) yes Yes. i love that (laughs) and then the the tongue ring when it was oh my gosh oh man i remember so when i this is kind of not related exactly but when i was in college i was on the crew team but it was like a a rec thing not like a full-blown like d1 team or whatever so it was just kind of like a um, a fun thing to do so we had to drive ourselves everywhere because we like had no money so we would you know drive to the regattas and races and somebody's like old crappy car drive for eight hours or something like that with a couple in the back seat and the the guy had a tongue ring and the whole time we were driving he could not stop like running it along his teeth clicking it so it was like eight hours of listening to somebody in their tongue ring on oh. their teeth it's like oh this is hor- oh my god i'm like oh can you please you know and i was you know, young and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I was just like, it's fine. Or he didn't say anything, but now I'd be like, oh my God, when we get to the next gas station, you're getting out of this car. So you're driving me nuts. Oh my God, that clicking, please stop. Or I'll rip that. Tongue ring oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. So, but yes, tongue rings were the thing. Yep. Tongue rings. Ugh, seems like an infection waiting to happen. I'd be too <laughs> afraid to swallow. Like I always hear so many people like end up swallowing the, the ring or oh. and everything, just yeah. whether it's in their sleep or they're eating something and it like comes loose. And every, I'm like, why? Like, no, 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 no. Wow. Why? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Oh God. Yeah. I went through a piercing fate. My head, my, my eyebrow was pierced. My nose was pierced. I thought I would, you know, when I was in college, I was like, oh my God, but I would never, never get my tongue pierced. And just that trip I will never forget that the click clack of that for hours and hours made me crazy that could have turned into uh what was it, like a 2020 serial killing <laughs> like yeah really the motive was the tongue, the tongue it was <laughs> yeah but yeah I think I like the ending of the episode because Carrie you know things kind of aren't really going anywhere with big and you know she so she decides like I'll just pursue this 20 something guy like whatever it's fun it's it's easy whatever so it seems kind of like oh this isn't so bad the night you know that they kind of hooked up or whatever and then the morning when she wakes up and the lights are on and the sun's out and she can see that you know he I think sleeps basically like in a bunk bed and she goes to use the bathroom and there's no toilet paper and she runs into his roommate who has his shirt off and long hair you know kind of messy hair everywhere and um his kitchen is disgusting and you know then she has a reality check that maybe 20 somethings are you know not where i need to be i couldn't even imagine like that situation Uh i i I don't know about you guys but I myself, when I go into like a public bathroom, before I even like sit down, I'm always checking to make sure that there's toilet paper or whatever Mm -hmm. to be able to make sure, because I, I just, that's, that's one of those like 
anxiety fears and everything is being stuck without and not like oh I used the last of it for the coffee what (laughs) why is that even a thing yes (laughs) Yes. just so gross but based on my last boyfriend's apartment in college I could very well see that happening because there, there was no toilet paper so it must have been used for something maybe it was a coffee filter oh man yeah Ugh. well I always joke that my uh, my like life advice is is that is just that about the toilet paper like before if I ever write a book on like words of wisdom or something which one of them would be before you ever commit to a bathroom stall make sure that there's toilet paper that's important you know oh yeah amount of times that's happened unfortunately it's like no why didn't I check? Right. <laughs> when you don't check and there isn't any, there's nobody else in the bathroom to be able to assist <laughs> or anything. Then be over. Right. Well, then, it, or then it's awkward if you're the person next to the person who didn't have toilet paper, then they reach their hand underneath and ask you <laughs> for some, and you don't even know who that person is, but you feel bad for them. It's a whole thing. It's just awful. So maybe that should be like something that gets posted in public restrooms or something like, you know, word of advice, don't commit until you check for some toilet paper. <laughs> and if your boyfriend doesn't have toilet paper in his apartment, then it's time, it's time mm, to end it. Work out. <laughs> he's got to go. He, he's got to go. <laughs> yeah. So and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit more when we get into the second episode on your podcast too, but what were your guys' takes on the outfits in Sex of the City? Because I know that that was, at, yeah. even though I didn't ever really watch it, I know that that was one of the huge things was the fashion in Sex in the City. Maybe because most of this episode had taken place more at night, it was kind of a little harder to see, but those coats did look comfy. Hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of overcoats. Yeah, I'm certainly not somebody who's very as I mean, I look pretty glamorous right now. Um, so I think it's pretty obvious that I have like a really good taste in clothes. Uh, but no, I think at the time, um, people that was I think part of the appeal of the show was their, you know, fashions and um, always having Jimmy Choo shoes. I think that brought that company out into the forefront mm-hmm. of, you know, women's designer shoes. So I think that was certainly a, a draw for people to watch the show. But then I think it was also part of the criticism because I think a lot of people felt like realistically, if you look at Carrie's job, she you know writes for um, a newspaper or whatever, just a contributor for like an article or whatever. So how much money could she really have made? Would she really have been able to afford Jimmy Choo shoes and all the clothing she had in her closet, which I have no, not much of a frame of reference for that. But I think it was kind of part of its appeal, but part of its um, criticism. But also, I mean, if she wasn't making that much as a writer, I don't know how she afforded to smoke, which was, that was really weird. I kind of forgot about that aspect of it, of the show is that she is a smoker off and on in the show, which is just like so weird to see, because that's just, you know, I never see anything with anybody smoking anymore. But then again, I'm a parent, so I watched (laughs) Power Rangers and Winnie the Pooh, so I'm not really seeing anybody smoking, but that was really weird to see. And then at the same time, I think when that show was on, I unfortunately was a smoker too. I was a, um, which is just hard to believe. So I think that was part of why I liked it too. Cause it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like woman who smokes, see, it's like not that big of a deal. Meanwhile. Mm, right. Meanwhile, it's back in the ranch, you know, it's disgusting and it was really hard for me to quit and thank God I did. And now it's been an extremely long time, but yeah, it's just so weird to see somebody smoking and she's in all these fancy clothes and the smoking and sitting in her, sitting in her, you know, apartment in a nice, you know, area and stuff, you know, smoking on her bed and it's just a very odd mm. 
odd concept. Out of curiosity, is there any other, any episodes where like she sets her apartment on fire from smoking in there, in it? (laughs) I don't think so, but that would have been a very important lesson, I think, for the viewers to see uh, the cause and effect of um, of smoking, (laughs) the damage you can do. Um, no, I know there was definitely a lot of episodes I think of uh, with her quitting and have her friends trying to get her to quit and stuff like that. I think that's kind of something that she struggles with as the show um, carries on. But yeah, I mean, she's around all those newspapers and stuff because she's in the newspaper. I mean, that is just like, right. a, you know, a fire waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that that she, you know, and all those drunken nights out in the club or whatever. And it's amazing that something didn't burn down. Now, did you feel like you had a favorite character from the show? Like, was there anyone that you resonated with more at all? Hmm, that's, that's a good question. Probably, I think ultimately I would probably say Miranda, just because she's a little bit hugely sarcastic, which is, <laughs> and she's very, you know, she wasn't as like, sort of like, she's a, little, a bit different than the other women of the group. I could just relate to her from just being like, very matter of fact, telling people sort of like it, like it is. Um, but also having it, you know, doing it the whole time with a sense of humor. Um, but like Samantha, I could, you know, certainly not relate to at all. Uh, <laughs> although Kim Cattrall, that's her name. Um, she does mm-hmm. such a great job playing her. Mm, amazing. Yeah. But how about you? How about you two? Any character that, that you feel like you can relate to? Okay. So there was Miranda, there's Samantha, there was um, Carrie. What was the other one's name? Charlotte. Charlotte. I think, I think her probably for me Charlotte? personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, she just seemed kind of a little bit more my speed more of a I don't know almost kind of like a midwest girl um in a sense yeah and so that kind of just the two episodes we watched and everything I that's who I already kind of immediately was like that's that's who I I'm drawn to yeah I think probably everyone everyone wanted to be Carrie but yeah I didn't really watch the show like April growing up that wasn't something I watched I some reason I don't even know why I decided to watch the movie mm-hmm. and then it kind of like sparked my interest and I started watching some of the episodes but I would have to say I'm kind of a mix between Miranda and Charlotte I feel like kind of a combination of all the things basically what both of you said about them it's that's kind of how I feel like I would gravitate more towards but definitely yeah. not Carrie or Samantha <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's interesting i think that the um the four women in the show they have i think have stayed somewhat like in contact but for some reason kim cattrall's kind of been kind of on the outs with with them and not that i really get into celebrity gossip or anything like that but it's really kind of unfortunate because they're just such a great foursome and i think they've done a movie recently i think she like wasn't even in it or something i'm not sure how they worked that out or wrote her off of the show oh yeah the reboot that they have going on right now yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's really unfortunate but yeah I think that you know people always kind of I think that again that was part of the show's appeal too because I think people saw themselves and you know each Mm -hmm. one of those women for whatever reason and it is amazing how much having that group of friends you know standing by your side through so much stuff and that's kind of what happens with with them I think you know one point Miranda's uh, mother passes away and Samantha ends up kind of coming to help her in this unexpected way and they just have this like beautiful friendship and um I have some um a group of friends kind of not really like them but kind of like them I guess um that are just just so easy to be around them and you know laughing and talking and you know going to them when we need something so I think people could relate to you know the characters themselves and then just having that kind of group of girlfriends is just so um can be so comforting 
Well, I think what's nice about the show is that it was focused on women, like very hardworking, powerful type women that had their career, but they also had this really fun life that they lived and they had their friends around them. And it wasn't a male dominated show. Like, I feel like there's just so many of those. And that's what I think Sex and the City was able to kind of do something different and kind of get out of that box. And I personally think that's why so many women gravitated towards that. Mm -hmm. And if I would have been at like the ripe age during when it came out, I definitely probably would have watched it. But unfortunately, I was only 10. So I don't think it would have sat too well with me. But yeah, (laughs) I'm glad I get to now appreciate it later on in life. Yeah, I agree. There's no, you know, so many TV shows, it's the the central characters are a couple, you know, it's like, that's the main, or the will they, won't they, or, you know, is always at the center of stuff. So yeah, I think that's a really great point that um, there were four independent women that could rely on each other. They didn't need to rely on a, on a guy mm-hmm. with no toilet paper um, <laughs> to come and rescue them, um, you know, which I think is another great message to Um, because I know that for a lot of women, especially heterosexual women, you know, I feel like there's a pressure that like you should get married. And then once you do get Mm -hmm. married, um, every two seconds you're asked like, you know, when are you going to have children, which is really such an invasive, inappropriate (laughs) question. That's really none of anybody's business. So I think that resonated with people is just women can have fun and go out and hang out with their friends and it's fine. And you can be 35 and not be married and that's okay because just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you need to whatever and I don't know why we do that to women especially um I find that kind of infuriating actually and I don't even have that pressure but I know I have friends that do and made it okay to be a single woman who's you know not 20 and that's okay that's I completely agree on that I mean it's something that watching the show the episodes we watched and everything it really did make it I I do see why so many women love this show and I, that resonates as now being an adult and being at the age that they were they were portraying and so that's very very understandable like now I can compl- I get the whole craze with it because obviously I mean Ashley was 10 I was what seven at the time when it came out um so there's no way in how that like number one my parents would even like be okay with me watching something that had the word sex in the title but um <laughs> which is understandable I mean I'm seven I don't even know what that is right yeah you hope you, yeah yeah really. <laughs> so a very entertaining episode and yeah did anyone catch the line in the episode that I just kind of thought was funny was about where it was like Banana Republic said, this isn't the gap. Oh, oh yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, so many relevant jokes uh, for the <laughs> 90s jokes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. We'll be lucky if the gap is around for five more years. It's that. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Crazy. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny where you're talking about like your parents with like them, you know, not wanting you to watch stuff inappropriate, which is totally understandable. Um, I don't know what your parents d- did to try to prevent that. But a lot of times my mom, if she came in and saw something that, you know, it's not appropriate for us to be watching, she would just stand in front of the TV. And... <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. The show was perfectly timed for college. You know, my sister and I were like college age, end of high school you know, during the show's 
run. So I think we were just, just had so much fun watching it. And because I think they were not afraid to like talk about kind of taboo yeah. subjects too. Um, right. So I think that was part of the appeal too when you're young is like, you know, this whole different world that's out there with dating and whatever. So I think that was part of why, why we enjoyed watching it. And I think we watched it so much that I think eventually my sister like just, I think donated her sex in the city tapes to goodwill or something so i think she just watched them you know had watched the show so many hundreds of times that she's just like i can't handle this anymore so i'm just gonna get oh man get rid of it because i'm like never never gonna watch the show again because <laughs> i watched it so much understandable yeah and i think it holds up well too just um mm-hmm. i mean not as well not as well as will and grace but i think it still you know holds up pretty well and people can relate to it and again who they're talking about and you know they're you know, cordless phones and, you know, stuff like that. Things like that are dated, of course. Yes. And smoking um, is like who smokes anymore. Um, That's certainly dated, but I think people could still relate to the show and uh, you can watch it on, um, we don't have HBO Max, but I decided to get a free trial so I could rewatch a couple of those and just in a better format because it doesn't, uh, DVDs were not formatted for uh, for the widescreen TV. So um, yeah, so it's easy to watch on uh on HBO Max now, which is nice. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. have to remember to cancel that trial so I don't start getting charged oh, for yes. the streaming service. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We're going to be continuing this on Amy's yes. podcast. So be sure to check in and hear our continuation where we talk about another episode of Sex in the City and jump into Friends also. Yay. I can't wait.